I'm Asan, and this is a special 9320 podcast. We are doing a deep dive investigation into Manchester City's attempts to wriggle out of playing a Premier League game against Everton last night. I'm delighted to be joined by Jack Gorn from the Mail Morning, Jack. Morning, mate. Very impromptu, this. <laughs> Very impromptu. I'm not going to keep you for too long. I have a bunch of questions for you. Just run me through the the, the answers as best you understand them. What happened? I wish I'd got a list of questions before we start. <laughs> Sorry. Um, let's begin at the beginning. What happened yesterday? Did Manchester City unilaterally call off a Premier League football match yesterday? Uh, no, no. They go... Um, uh, the, the game was in jeopardy um, late morning, I think. Uh, Everton were made aware that it was in jeopardy. Um, and then talks with the Premier League, and then it's the Premier League's decision whether or not to... Uh, to call a game off. Um, they obviously decided that they would do um, and Everton are not happy about, I think, a lack of communication as far as I can gather from the Premier League um, and their kind of frustration is with the with the league rather than City as far as, as, far as I know. Okay. Um, why do I get the sense that... Uh, I, I see... I, I felt innuendo in Everton's statement right and i've felt a level of innuendo in a lot of the kind of blue tick wankers on twitter that are basically giving their opinions of which i'm one you are indeed one but you're (laughs) you're you're a friend of mine also as well as being a blue tick wanker so i can say that but you know what i mean jack like i'm what i'm what i'm trying to fully grasp here because i like i say i woke up this morning and I didn't really know because I was busy last night, so I hadn't really followed what happened. It's kind of blown my mind. And I'm what I want to know is if you had to hazard a guess, what's the conspiracy theory? What have City, in the eyes of some people, done wrong? Have they bottled a game of football? Is that what it is? Um I don't really know because my like kind of mind doesn't really work like that. Uh I saw it as City of you know they've had five positive tests of players now uh at least seven if you include staff uh the the bubble has been compromised in the last the last week which is why the training ground's now been shut and is undergoing a deep clean um and the time frame between the Newcastle game and the Everton game is too short obviously too short to have two rounds of tests to check that um players who tested negative are going to are going to test negative again. Mm. Um, so effectively, taking a group of players uh, to Goodison Park on Monday night, not a hundred percent sure if all of them were clear, would have been foolhardy at best. Um, so I, I kind of can't. I read a lot on on Twitter, obviously yesterday. Uh, can't really understand why people have come to the conclusion that. City, as you say, have bottled uh, a game of football because, in my view, there are no justifiable sporting reasons for Man City wanting that game off on Monday, mm. purely because of what what they now what they now face. I mean, if the the game on Sunday is in at Chelsea is in severe doubt, uh, and if they don't play if they don't play that game, then they're going to be three behind the rivals. And they're still in all four competitions. It's it's an absolute nightmare for them. Um, just a, a few little things to clear up. I keep seeing that 
City have got 14 players available and the Premier League rule is if you have 14 players, you have to play. Um, first part of that question, that rule of having 14 players available, is that a rule that predates COVID? So it's not a rule that was brought in specifically for the coronavirus. It's always been the case that whatever your injuries or your issues, if you've got 14 players, you have to play. Yeah, so that rule is in the Premier League handbook. Uh and as I don't know how long that that rule has has um, been in been in play, but it's been a, it's been a, a while. Uh, it's still it's still in play now. So, but having spoken to the Premier League yesterday, they are saying that yes, fourteen players, including a goalkeeper, is is the rule. But everything is judged on a case by case basis. Uh, and obviously there is mitigation for, for COVID. And they gave me the example of, you know, last year pre-COVID, if if a squad or if a team had 14 available players but were without three goalkeepers, then obviously the game would be off. So that's the sort of kind of mitigation that mm. uh, we're talking about pre-COVID. And obviously now... The, the problem, the, the thing on Monday was... City don't know how far or how much this is going to spread within the squad. They're not going to know until until Wednesday when the third round of test results come out. Now, there could be, it could remain at five players. It could go to 10 players, could go more. Newcastle found in their second and third round of testing earlier in the month that it spread significantly and... Wow. Uh, their numbers just kept going up and up and up uh, and their numbers went into double figures. Now, that's what City will be fearing today, that that's that might be what happens tomorrow, in, in which case a bad situation becomes significantly worse and you're looking at problems beyond Chelsea. Uh, but at this moment in time, we don't know we don't know how far how far that's going to spread among the squad, so hmm. it's difficult to know what's going to happen in the next kind of ten days. Is there? Are we? I mean, obviously, we're in relatively uncharted territory because of the pandemic. Um, let's just say, for argument's sake, that Chelsea gets binned, and then the League Cup semi final also gets binned. I want to say been moved. Um, well, that was another big thing yesterday, wasn't it? Well, that, that's what I'm coming to. So firstly, um, is it who was it who Spurs got a buy? Is that right? Yeah, so Spurs got a buy because uh, Leighton Orient couldn't fulfil the fixture in oh. round three, I think. Okay, how is that different to City not being able to fulfil the fixture? Uh, it's different because the EFL, uh, when they were making the rules over the summer for the Carabao Cup, they said that teams, uh, teams that couldn't fulfil a fixture. Up until the quarterfinals, so rounds one, two, three, and four, if they couldn't fulfil a fixture, then the opposition would receive a bye. Uh, after the quarterfinals, games would be rearranged. And the reason for that is that the scheduling or the early season scheduling was horrific and there was no, there would have been no available dates to rearrange a Carabao Cup tie if a team had COVID and weren't able to play for I don't know a week two weeks whatever mm. so those are the, that's the that's the difference between the the two cases that 
they believe that the Manchester United game would be able to be rearranged at some point in the uh, in the weeks after. So basically, there was already... Yeah. So they're not making it up as they go along. No. The EFL, there was already a rule in place which stated clearly that from the quarterfinals onwards, because of the 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 freeness of the calendar that they would be able to reschedule games even though in the earlier rounds they hadn't been able to so again it's not city that have done summer or it's not that there wasn't any contingency planning there was a plan and this is the plan it will be rearranged yeah that's what the football league told me yesterday yeah fine excellent um all right so then what happens to because obviously so far the slant is very much negative it's like you know Everton want an explanation all that sort of business looking at it from City's point of view um how bad is this like how does this do do we accept it's almost impossible the season will be extended and therefore these fixtures will have to be fulfilled regardless of how many there are in the intervening period between now and whatever the last weekend of the season is are you asking if the season is going to be extended yeah I don't see how that's possible because of the Euros. Um, they will, they'll come, I don't know whether it's going to be City or the clubs, but there will come a point when a Premier League team is playing four games in a week at some point. Um, uh, it's just, that's just the way it's, that's the way it's going to be. Um, I mean, you're saying how worrying is it for City? I remember. Uh, Steve Bruce after the match on on Saturday was talking about Newcastle and, and the problems they've had after uh, well the majority of their squad got got COVID and he just uh, in fact I just call up the quote now hang on I've got it somewhere here we go I hope for City's sake that they don't go into double figures because we're still witnessing the after effects and fatigue's taken hold and it's taken them a, a long while to get back to. Um, to get back to fitness, so even if wow. even if City's players were were able to play next week, Brucey Bruce is of the mind that probably not going to be able to play to the maximum for for a long while. It's it's a nightmare for him. It's yeah because even if they can play, they're, they're not going to be playing at full tilt, and they have to be playing at full tilt if they want to win the if they want to win the title. Mm. Which they are, <laughs> bizarrely, after such a strange start to the season, they've actually put themselves in a reasonable position to have a have a proper go at winning the league. Yeah, yeah, I know, I agree. Um, just uh, on a on a personal level for you, uh, where's the line between crass reactions and understandable questions being raised and asked? Because it uh, again, just I'm. Um, I'm flying a little bit blind here, right? Because I don't know all the rules, but it strikes me that nothing has happened in the last 24 hours that was City's call. It sounds like the Premier League made a call, the EFL made a call. Um, So, like, where's the cynicism coming from? I I don't know, because you're not asking... I'm I'm not someone who's particularly cynical about these things um i've i've honestly no idea and it'd probably be unfair for me to speculate where where that's where that's coming from i don't i i don't know it's um i think given everton's statement last night everton's fury and anger was always going to be the story and that is something that will just have to be accepted 
Uh, and if it was the other way around and Man City had been uh, indignant about Everton asking for a game to be called off and uh, the same thing happened, then City City's fury would have been would have been mm. the story. But why are Everton angry? Like, I guess that's the question. I'm I honestly asking. don't know because I've not spoken to anyone at Everton. Like, okay. uh, it it seems to me it was a lack of communication yesterday afternoon from the Premier League. Seems okay. to be an issue. Um, and to be honest, that's all I can say on it because I, I, I genuinely don't know. And who is the Premier League? So when you say that, when you say there was a Premier League meeting yesterday, because again, I'm naive, right? So I assumed yesterday afternoon when I read that the Premier League were meeting, I assumed it was literally the board, the, the chairman of all the clubs getting together to go, right, we've got an outbreak at City Let's vote, or you see what I mean. Like, let's come to a decision on it. But yeah, usually those Premier League meetings are the are the uh, the representatives for the clubs. But I think in this case, it would be uh, the Premier League board, uh, and it'd be a, a small number of of people that represent the Premier League uh, mm. that would have come to that decision. On and let's not forget, the Premier League said they had very very strong medical advice not to play the game, and that's why they decided not to. Okay, and if you look at it in black and white. As I said before, the, the time scale—it's it, just everything was too tight because of the festive period. It, I think it would have been stupid to play that game on on Monday night, and it might turn out that City don't have any more positive tests tomorrow. I mean, I'd be surprised, but it might turn out that that's the case. In which case, they could have played the game last night in hindsight, but we don't know that now. Should they have? Let's let's last question. I know you're on. You're in a little bit of a rush. Should they have played the Newcastle game then after the Walker and the Jesus positive uh, results and three members of staff? So you, you, you've already got five that have been compromised there. Uh, no, they have four. They have four, didn't they? Sorry, yeah, four. Two yeah, staff they have four. Two two, yeah, yeah. Should they have played? Um, that's a very good question and one that I can't answer. Um, I guess, looking at it logically, you would say maybe they shouldn't have played it. But then uh, the numbers were small and it was only two in the squad. Um, yeah, I'd not even, you know what, I'd not even thought about that. Hmm. It's just, it's, it's. I don't, I, I think the thing that I'm a little bit lost with. I mean, to be fair, actually, thinking about it, sorry, there's there have been incidents uh, it, this season with a number of clubs that have had one or two players that have gone down with COVID and they've played and then everything's been fine afterwards. That's true. So that's what that, yeah, I mean, that's happened a, a fair number of times. So yeah, I, the, given given that, given that evidence, I suppose they, they, they had to play the, the Newcastle game. Mm. Okay. Okay. Last thing. Sorry, I know that's, I said that previous thing was the last thing. This will really be the last thing. <laughs> Did, didn't City-Arsenal get called off in March um, because Arsenal had an outbreak of COVID? Or did, am I dreaming that? Yeah, uh, take the point, understand what you mean. Completely different in a... The, the reaction at the time, completely different because it was the first game to get called off and it was a new thing that no one knew a great deal about. I mean, maybe they don't know a great, a great deal about it now given what's going on in the world, but... Um, Different circumstances, but I do. I take your point. 
ha- different circumstances in the sense that actually not different circumstances factually, but different circumstances just in terms of the perception or yeah. the understanding of COVID was very different then. So the fear was greater. Therefore, nobody really said anything about that game being called off at that particular moment. But no. you fast forward seven or eight months and people have lived through it. So the reaction is different now because society has to some extent gone back to normal or people are going about their business, however you want to characterize it. And so it's easier now to go, well, they should just play it. I think so. I mean, I take issue with the phrase back to normal, but... I'm... No, of course not. Like, I, I, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. when I say back to normal, actually all I'm saying... Well, hey, look, football Twitter's back to normal. You feel me? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's taking their positions and everybody's firing their shots and everybody's coming up with conspiracy theories. So it's like, we're, we're pretty much back to, back to normal in that world. But no, you're right. Like, the world hasn't gone back to normal. And I'm, I'm quite... I, I guess I wanted to do this podcast because I was just very surprised and disturbed that like we're living in the middle of a fucking pandemic like you look at the numbers in britain of positive cases in the last four or five days in general and then you 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 look at city or football as a microcosm and surely your first instinct is safety health and empathy for those who have contracted the virus and yet the football family have shown me in the last 24 hours that their first reaction is tribal nonsense. Like, you know, it's just very strange. Anyway. Hey, Jack. Well, heartening in a way, isn't it? Well, is it heartening? Is it really heartening (laughs) that we're basically just all entrenched in our weird tribal positions? I don't know. Well, I'm looking out my window at the snow in Manchester and all's well with the world. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm looking out the window at my pool in Ibiza and all I, oh, I just set you up for that, didn't I? You did set me up for that. So I was not going to let it pass. Um, hey, Jack, listen, mate. Uh, Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, to you too. Happy New Year when it comes. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. Have a lovely day. Let's keep our fingers crossed that everybody at Manchester City is safe and well and that we can get back to discussing games of football on the pitch and not politics and, yeah the coronavirus very, very soon. And I'm back in the room from Jack Gaunt, Mr. Howard Hawking. Howard, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, it's been a fun 24 hours, has it not? <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I have, so I missed uh, most of what happened last night uh, because I wasn't online. Um, but I've had a lot of reading and a lot of catching up to do today and there was a lot of very very odd strange funny things that happened last night not a lot of christmas cheer around in my opinion well no (laughs) it's been one of those years i think honestly uh, when i heard that the game might be off i could not envisage that the rest of the dales we were going to have or that was going to transpire and this is just the final Nailing the coffin, it is 2020. It's literally taking my breath away. I just... I just don't know where to start, Asa. I honestly do not know where to start with the reaction to this. So, you know what? I I want you to go in with both feet, because I will more or less do the same thing. When you say that you don't know where to start with the reactions, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with... Oh, health. 
I'll start with health. Sorry, I go am. <laughs> Having on. said, I don't know where to start. I need to say something. So go on, say it. Uh, we've all been guilty of this in a way, especially early in the you know the virus and lockdown. When a footballer gets you know gets current, I say gets coronavirus, tests positive for coronavirus, which is, might well be the same thing, but not necessarily. We've all been a bit like, oh, that's him out for 14 days. And that's our first thought. We don't think of them as human beings. Mm. We literally think of them as a commodity there for our entertainment. And I think, I don't not speak for you, Asam, but I think a lot of us have been guilty for that over the year. For those in the UK right now to, to still think like that is, quite frankly, disgusting because the latest wave of cases is quite worrying, to be honest. Mm. And I think the the coverage of footballs getting it has been atrocious because I didn't know until we played Newcastle that they had players on long COVID. Yeah. And it's always been the assumption, healthy athletes, they'll shake it off, they'll be fine. We've already heard from someone like Gundogan and many other players that uh, I think, is it Zajacek? Zajacek, I pronounced it completely wrong at Chelsea. They've actually been, yeah, suffered from this. This is a virus that kills, but if it doesn't kill you, it can make anyone ill and, of course, affects the lungs, which for an athlete is hugely important. What stunned me most of all is, and you've got Gary Neville with 2 million followers whose first response is to check rules and regulations. is quite frankly disgusting and he should be fucking ashamed of himself. And that is where what everything revolves around. Everyone, if you're a human being, if you've lived through the last year, your first thought should be, all the best. I hope there's fine for everyone at the club that that is affected by that, that is tested positive. Our thoughts go out to them. Obviously, there are more important things than football. So that I expect it from fan rival fans to be going, ooh, chuck them out the league, dock three points. That's utterly predictable. The detritus of, well, of tribalism on Twitter, we've had that for decades. Well, not all on Twitter, but we've had the tribalism for decades. There should be no surprise at the utter hot takes that we're going to see. But for blue tick wankers to be coming out and just going through regulations and getting the facts wrong at the same time and asking loaded questions when they know the answers to, just to suggest that City are somehow working the system again as a kind of postcast thing that they do all the time with their good lawyers, is quite frankly disgraceful. And honestly... It's not acceptable. It's not just, you know, get a grip. It's frankly unacceptable. The first thought should be with those players and anyone who tests positive for this horrible, you know, virus that has swept around the globe. And for your first thought to be anything else tells you, says a lot about the person that you are. And there should be a lot of people who won't be ashamed this morning, but should be ashamed. And the second thing really is to think that City... Maneuvered, you know, maneuvered this situation is just staggering. This is terrible news for City. The cancellation of that game and the positive test has no upside for City. It's only when it was called off that match I realised that match, City could not have played Everton at a better time. They're literally going to play the second team. Mm. They've got injuries out and obviously the 48-hour thing. City will never have a better chance to have played them. And when they do eventually play them, Everton will be probably even much stronger and it'll be City's chances of winning will be less. Pep Guardiola's mother died of of the coronavirus in 2020. To even think 
let alone suggest that City are somehow abusing the situation or using it for their own advantage when this cancellation is going to be very, very bad news and could hamper the whole season. It could put pay to their Premier League chance, title chances. Is quite frankly disgusting. And for everything I know about Twitter and everything I know about how people react and everything I know about how some of the media and rival fans hate City, not even with that in my mind could I have envisaged how the rest of that day was going to pan out and I need to get off Twitter because it's, I just, it's just humanity. It's just in 2020 has just let, <laughs> I'm just ashamed really at some fellow humans. I, mean, I do think, feel that strongly about it. It was a cancelled game. There were 10 games off in the lower leagues, I think, today and tomorrow in the UK. Mm. This is not some, it's not the first, obviously Newcastle it's happened already. It's not the first time it's happened. It's going to happen a lot, I'm afraid, Asan. There are, the, the hospitals are literally at breaking point and we should not be thinking about, oh, City are just trying to get a game called off. For that to be your first thought, um, I've rambled, I've said it off the top of my head, but that, I think that's pretty much put into perspective what I thought and what a lot of City fans think. Very well even, said. Even what I consider, even what I know of other people, I was shocked by the response and the way that it was covered by online, I by, found by it Twitter. Quite, I, I found it quite, I mean, uh, I was quite dismayed by it and quite yeah, disturbed by it. But then at the same time, I'm also a little bit amused by the whole thing. I think, you know, we've sort of reached this weird, I, I just don't think, I think City exist in a way that no other football, no other Premier League club exists. Mm. And I think that, you know, the 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 different treatment of different clubs um, has never been more stark than it is right now. And, you know, I think one of the things that, personally, I, I think during a pandemic, it's terrible form to be calling for anybody to be losing their jobs. But once this pandemic passes, I think there needs to be some sort of reckoning. I don't think that, you know, I'm, I'm failing to see how an uninterested editor, somebody who's uninterested in football, and there must be people who work at newspapers high up in high up positions, right? Uh, Who aren't interested in football full stop. And, it will be interesting to know how they feel about the people that they employ uh, to represent their organizations. Because I won't name names because people will know what I'm talking about and I don't want to get sued. But, you know, if your reaction to somebody else's reaction to something you've said is to mock them failing to get a job, or to almost, you know, to sneer at them in a very, very, very personal way. It strikes me that we've gone beyond uh, journalism. This is not journalism. This is not the media as the media is meant to exist. This is individual personalities basically behaving like supporters. Like we, me and you... We don't have blue ticks. We can be wankers online. We're, we're only representing ourselves. 
you represent the Guardian, the Times, the Independent, the Athletic, uh, the MEN. Like those are media organisations, and you have professional standards that you have to um, reach. And I think we saw it with Cass the level of ignorance, wanton ignorance that was espoused by people in the media who still have jobs, by the way. Um, and I think that because we went through that with Cass, I find myself sitting here now going, well, this is why for me, most of them are an irrelevance. This is why I don't read newspapers. This is why I don't really read football Twitter. This is why I don't really care what Gary Neville thinks. I don't care what Jamie Carragher thinks. I don't care what Luke Edwards from the Telegraph thinks. You're all knobheads. Like, there's nobody... There, there, there isn't a... You know, there's very few yeah, out you, there that, that I've got any interest or any time in. And But when they've got two million followers, <laughs> it is important what they say. Because it just... Yeah, maybe it's just best to you know, to tune out. I think it is best, Howard. I genuinely yeah. do think it's best because I think fundamentally, to bring this back to the beginning, what we are talking about and what we are dealing with is an unprecedented worldwide panic and a pandemic and a panic. And the idea that football tribalism and a worldwide pandemic can meet on Twitter to the extent where as you say, blue tick wankers with massive audiences put aside their common sense, their empathy, their understanding of the world around them to fire shots, to get an extra 10 followers or to get your football club to get a buy into the next round of a of a football tournament that ultimately means fuck all if any of your family catch the coronavirus and lord forbid you should end up in hospital or some of your family should end up in hospital i think it's i think it's just like you say it's unprecedented levels of shithousery it's unprecedented levels of just like i'm it's it's really beyond me to be honest um i'm like you i don't really uh I don't really, I don't really know how a lot of people come back from this. Like I look at a lot of the things that people have said, and I've gone, mate, I'll never forget this. I will never forget the time that Man City had a pandemic outbreak in their squad, and you were asked about getting a buy into the next round. And also, how small is your football club if you need a buy into the next round, lad? How the I, fucking times have changed, David. You're man? fucking desperate to get in a buy past Manchester City. Check this in the out. Carabao Cup. How small is your football club that Ole needs a trophy, and you know, chances are. You'd rather not play Man City. Come on, can we have a bye, pretty please? We don't want to play Man City. Part of me is like, you know what? Give him a bye. Let Mourinho put Ole out. That'll make me laugh. Do you know what I mean? Spurs and United in the final, and then Spurs winning that one. That'll go down well, Gary. You were you were front and centre for the Mourinho out brigade. So it's just, I mean, it's so telling as well. Just the lack of analysis is just soul sapping. I mean, obviously the tests will be done last minute. I knew this before we did the preview. Mm. I knew that they had test results coming back that day, which I forgot to mention in the, the you know our review of Newcastle and the preview, because obviously we played forty eight hours previous. So we, the, the big, the reason us, I know Everton are perfectly fine for them to want clarity on this, but this was done for their benefit, not for City's benefit. 
It was to stop it spreading to their squad. Yep. That's why our whole academy, you know, the complex is now closed down. It's to stop it spreading. If you cannot grasp this after nine months of a pandemic, <laughs> then what the fuck are you doing in the business? What the fuck are you... Why is a documentary maker asking questions about what's happened and what the... Re- the things, you know, the consequences might be. If you can't look up simple Asif Kapadia facts like that, exactly. then you shouldn't be fucking making documentaries exactly. then, He's should a, you? So, it's quite clear you were asking those questions loaded so for a specific where, reason to have a snide little dig at Manchester City. Just after five, at least five of their players and staff have tested positive for COVID. So think very carefully about what sort of human being you are when you're coming on Twitter and doing things like that. And I wonder who you support. Well, what a fucking surprise, eh? So this is the thing, right? And this is my, like, you know, big takeaway from 2020 when it comes to football and football tribalism is that actually United and Liverpool, their supporter bases are broken. They are fundamentally broken supporter bases because you have to Asif Kapadi is a guy who makes documentaries therefore he understands very very clearly the difference between a fact and an opinion and he understands very very clearly that in to research anything to speak about anything if you want to speak with authority you have to know what you're talking about you have to know what the facts are and yet when it comes to football They put one hand over one eye, right? And they squint and they pretend that they're 16 again. And they just start talking nonsense. And it's, you know, Stefan told me in the summer and he's right. Stefan said like, you know, he's like, I know QCs who are like high level guys and they start talking about football and they sound like a 14 year old on Twitter. Yeah. And it's, I think that's the thing that, that football does to, to some extent bring out the, the, absolute worst man really the absolute worst anyway hey well, listen the, think- the key is the key is this is <laughs> it's just it's so obvious I'm just laughing here the key is this is fuck, this is bad news for Manchester City that's that's the basic facts for the health perspective from the fixture congestion perspective from the effect it may have on players when you know, we can play again. It might be the weekend, it might be longer. This is bad news for City in every respect. And to even approach it from anything other than that, just, it takes my breath away. It really does. And obviously, I don't mind people, obviously, after the news breaking, thinking, covering then you know, about fixture congestion is fine. That's I expect that to be the something part of the discussion. That's going to look, but your first response is to think that City are fiddling the books again. Game in the system. Yeah. And that somehow they didn't want to play this game. Just, I mean, I've said my piece. It's been an eye opening year in many respects. Yeah. And I've said so many times don't, don't expect Twitter to reflect the world, but. Definitely. The problem is it's increasingly looking as though it does. Definitely. Because I, I, I've no doubt I've got intelligent friends who support other clubs who would probably come out with crap like this as well. It would not surprise me. Yep. Absolutely. But, hey. Absolutely. But, yeah, Absolutely. as for City, then, this is... There's not much time to play games. If the game against Chelsea at the weekend doesn't, you know, has to be called off, then... I don't know. They're just going to have to... 
be playing constantly over the next six months. And of course, I don't you think say, City are the only club that this is going to happen to between now and I the said, end of the season. That was my first tweet yesterday. You know, mockly want to talk about conspiracies. So yet again, yet again, a lot of people see to be not just cranks who think coronavirus is a yeah a hoax, a conspiracy, and that hospitals are completely empty at the moment. Most, so many people are just not living in reality right now. They have no idea what is coming, which mm. is a horrible thing to say. But January is going to be grim away from football. And it was inevitable in the end. It was inevitable that it was going to hit football and hit it hard because you can follow. We don't know how the City players got it. Obviously, there's rumours about, I assume Jack's covered this. There's rumours yeah, that City played in Tier 4 London last week. And obviously, you play football, you're moving all over the place and you're mixing with people. You can follow all the protocols, but you cannot guarantee. And it only takes one person to get it. That one person can spread it to two hundred people. Yeah, yeah. It only takes one footballer to have a family, and they've got children coming in and out from schools which don't close. And you know, it's look, you cannot absolutely prevent this. And it was inevitable this was going to happen. And I'm afraid it is. Yeah, you know, I'd be amazed. And I hope City. I hope City, the only team that I've had to, you know, in the Premier League at least, I have to call off a match. But I'll be absolutely staggered if there are not many more matches that are called off in the coming month or more. Definitely, definitely. Hey, listen, Howard, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, i not to, have done it, but you know. To everyone who listened, cheers. Stay safe, look after yourselves, don't let the dickheads on social media wind you up. Obviously, they wind us up. That's why we do these podcasts. Hopefully, they make you feel better. Um, I hope everybody at City is safe as well, and I hope we get back to being able to watch football sooner rather than later, but only when it's safe. In the meantime, be safe, be well, and as always, up the blues.